Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode number 82. Uh, today's episode is with a brand new guest. Uh, so I'm going to be talking with Rob, who a few of you will know from a couple of different campaigns that he's been involved with uh, most recently. Um, I don't know if it's most recently when it's not quite happened yet. I'm not sure. Uh, but that'll be the Stop Suicide campaign, which I was delighted to be um, part of some of the stuff that's going on around that um, with some other amazing campaigners and mental health advocates as well in the last week. Um, so it's been really cool to actually spend a bit of time with Rob just after we recorded this podcast in a bit more of a casual way, as well as doing some of the campaigning. So that's been really, really cool. Um, it's been a massively kind of busy week of um seeing people and catching up with a range of uh, different bloggers and getting stuff sorted for the now confirmed uh, Mental Health Blog Awards. So you can find out about that um, through, well, pretty much everywhere, I think. Uh, so mikesopenjournal.com, um, on Twitter, on the Facebook, um, and on Instagram as well. Um, so go and check that out. Um, you can get tickets now for the event, which is on the, I think it's the 28th of July. Uh, it's going to be held in Portsmouth. Um, you don't have to be a mental health blogger um, if you want to come along or be nominated. Um, but all the information that you need is on the website. And uh, yeah, you can get tickets to come along. You can nominate people for rewards. Um, but really, it's just about a uh, kind of a... An opportunity to get together and celebrate all of the different stuff um, that we do, whether that's blog posts, um, photos, talking about mental health, um, being involved in a range of different things, blogging, vlogging and podcasting as well. So um, definitely go and check out some of the information for that. Uh, then for this episode, um, like I say, a chance for you guys to hear a little bit from Rob, who hasn't been on the podcast before, so it's really cool to kind of hear a little bit more about his story and actually there was a lot of stuff that we kind of had in common um, and it was really cool to talk through that as well and then a couple of things that our experience was a little bit different on and I think that's really important because it's not until you start to kind of sit down and talk with someone about mental health about particular illnesses or symptoms that you start to realize that it is something that affects everybody um and we are affected in different ways and to different degrees um, by everything. Um, so there were some uh, symptoms that affected myself more than Rob or Rob more than me. Um, and again, looking at some of the things that have helped us, um, again, having different outcomes as well. So it's really cool just to sit down and have a talk through some of those things. If you uh, are interested in coming onto the podcast in the future uh, and like Rob talking a little bit about your own journey and your own experience with mental health maybe some of the thoughts you have on particular topics um, by all means get in touch through the website which is Mike's Open Journal um, you can email me uh, get in contact through Twitter or Facebook or wherever um, and we can have a chat about possibly coming onto the podcast uh, as always, you can listen, however you are listening to this, um, through the website, through SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast. Um, I think that's it at the moment. Um, so there's a range of different ways. Um, if you are interested in coming on, maybe talking a little bit about something that you've got going on. I know there's a few projects uh, and products possibly um, looking at coming on in the future. So it'd be cool to talk to those guys as well and see how... 
what they do, what they provide can help us or be a great service to us as well. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm going to drop you straight into the conversation with Rob. Yeah. And then oh, it's of... almost like bookended. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're making me more professional. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so what have you been up to today, Rob? <laughs> Not posed at all. <laughs> um, so I've been at work today, um, working on Stop Suicide and uh, the projects that I'm doing with CPSL Mind. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a busy day <laughs> trying to pull um, a lot of stuff together. It's got quite a lot of exciting stuff happening this year, um, which will be really good when it comes out and I can tell everyone about it all. That's really cool because I know you've got quite a few things going on at the moment. And I think when we started talking about doing the podcast, you just about started your new role as well. Um, yeah. So has that like been a big yeah, change for you now? Just started. <laughs> So has that been, do you think that's been a big change? Like, cause I know before we sort of started talking cause we were both doing like the mental health blogging thing. And then obviously now it's part of your, like your a professional role as well. Like, has that been a change for your blog? Yeah. I mean, it's been a big change for me really. Um, like a really positive one, but it has been, um, challenging in some ways to get the right balance kind of in my life between, um, the blogging and campaigning that I do, and have done in my personal life alongside then doing it full-time at work as well um it can quite easily be quite overwhelming because um it just runs away with you and you want to um do all this exciting stuff all the time um so you really have to try and pull yourself back and yeah sort of give yourself some space sometimes but um yeah I'm still trying to get better at that to be honest (laughs) I think it's interesting because I saw you've written about it a couple of times in different blog posts and I know you've spoken about it in some of the the uh like the twitter chats and stuff that we were involved in yeah um and it's really interesting because obviously you've gone from having um I, I uh, normal job sounds really weird a non-mental health based job yeah it was just um, a, a normal but yeah it seems weird of, to call it a normal job as if like, your, your job now isn't a normal one <laughs> it's not normal in the sense that um like to me a normal job's just like oh you go to work you get paid you go home you don't worry about it mm. like when you're at home you go to work you get paid like you just it, kind of going through the motions with it a little bit more but um yeah like this isn't a normal job to me because this is what I'm passionate about and mm. what I really enjoy doing so it's it's much more than a job for me um but yeah like like I said that can um be quite overwhelming sometimes like in like in the most positive way because um you're just trying to do your best to raise awareness for mental health and get involved in so many opportunities that are coming my way through work and through um, campaigning and online and um, all the chats and keeping up with people that I've met online and all those type of things. Um, and yeah, it can be quite a lot sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, I love it. So I wouldn't, like, I hate, <laughs> I hate sounding like I'm complaining about it because I love it um, and I wouldn't change it. So yeah. <laughs> it's interesting though, because I know there's a couple of people that have, I've spoken to and had, they've, got quite different views on like how invested we can get sometimes on mental health um, okay and i know like some people have said actually it's really good because the more you get involved the more you do the more you're spreading 
awareness and you kind of create that big push around you to like talk about it but at the same time like do we get maybe too invested in it in the like mental health just becomes our lives and yeah it's almost like that oh whether some people would say oh you don't want to get better because then what would you have to talk about and I think that's almost like a there's two or three like really cool conversations to have around that and I think I half agree and half disagree with both of those people like I can see where they're coming from and I think that's why it's quite interesting because while you've got that in a professional role I see it in other people in like the the different things that they do whether that's to do with um studies volunteering like part-time work as well Um, yeah and it's really cool to see so many people now get um involved in a like a professional side whether that's work volunteering or studying in mental health Um, yeah definitely but it's having like you say that balance and being able to kind of i guess kind of recognize the effect that it's going to have on you manage that and make the best of um like the opportunities in the situation you've got as well yeah so i mean um for me really ever since i started blogging um and actually talking about my experiences openly um that was only a year ago sort of the start of last year and i've always kind of talked about my experiences more from a viewpoint of recovery anyway so within the last 18 months i haven't really had um a patch where my mental health has been bad to be honest like i have ups and downs um like still taking antidepressants and managing my mental health but um yeah like my mental health's been good for quite a while now so um yeah i imagine if you're going through a difficult period with your mental health on top of trying to um raise awareness and everything that's um Mm. could, could be quite a lot um for me uh like mental health was obviously um a big like a massive part of my life in a negative way for so long um and now it's like flips around to be a massive part of my life in a positive way um but yeah it's just taking care to um I guess like I would in any job really that I was passionate about and invested in and you get carried away with and um put everything into it it's just being careful of giving yourself that space to switch off sometimes and um yeah just allowing yourself to kind of step back and get some perspective on it because I'm quite bad at putting pressure on myself to do things like I guess um it's the same with a lot of people when you see other people um on like Twitter or whatever doing all the cool stuff that they're doing and it's like um I'm doing cool stuff too but it's like I want to do the cool stuff they're doing as well and like you can really set really high expectations and Mm -hmm. have so many ideas and so many things that you want to do and yeah if you don't try and step back sometimes it can definitely get too much um, and affect your own mental health yeah and you're right is that actually there's a big extent that that is relevant in a non-mental health role as well and the amount of people that especially now where we've all got phones and we've got emails and calendars and stuff synced to that it's not like it's four or five o'clock or six o'clock or whenever and you're yeah. done you're going home and you're still responding or looking at stuff and actually that's a big part of a lot of jobs now as well um yeah so it's probably maybe that we're i don't know aware of the mental health side of that 
a little bit more? Yeah, I definitely think like obviously um by the experience of experiences we've had and um the type of volunteering and work and things that we do, like we're definitely much more aware of it. But it's interesting actually um how like how committed people obviously are in the mental health sector and in the charity sector that even though people um, in the sector give advice to others about how to look after their mental health and things like that, it's quite interesting um, sometimes how we sort of don't take on our own advice. And I, like, I'm quite bad at that sometimes too. And like sometimes I feel like a bit of a hypocrite or, um, yeah, like because I, I try and give advice to people because I feel like I have overcome a lot and I want to help other people mm. um, kind of learn the things that I learned um, in a quicker time for them so they don't have to go through what I went through for as long. But yeah, sometimes I give advice and don't follow it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not great. I think it's that learning experience as well. And I think sometimes I do like, you know, don't you, when you're saying to someone, actually, like, this would be a really good thing to do. And you're like talking, you're like, I don't do this. I really need to be doing this. <laughs> well, like, a classic example for, for me is, like, I'm at work all day, um, like, managing social media and Twitter and things as part of my job, um, amongst some loads of other stuff. And then I come home. I go on Twitter and start talking about mental health to people on Twitter at home. And I'm telling people on Twitter that it's okay to take a break and take time out and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm doing the exact opposite. You're like, I'm so. taking a break from the work one to be my personal one now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, because it's all the, the same kind of stuff and it does overlap mm. um, to a certain point. It's just, yeah, making sure you get time away from it. And I'm still finding... Um, that balance really but I'm really like enjoying everything I'm doing because like I said from a year ago or 10 years ago like I never thought I'd have been in this position now so I feel really fortunate for that I don't know if you're happy to sort of tell us a little bit about your experience sort of going back and your experience with mental health mental health illness and what's kind of led to you being here now yeah definitely um so, yeah, get ready for a long story. <laughs> um, Here we go, I can sit back now. <laughs> yeah, story time with Rob Talks Mental Health. Um, nice plug. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so when I was about 15 at school, um, like I'd never come across mental health or anything like that before that I was aware of at that point. Um, and it was just pretty, like a pretty normal kid, really, just like played a lot of football like pretty happy kids like had a good home life and everything so there wasn't like any reason for like on the face of it anything to to be wrong um which I think actually made it a lot more confusing that something was wrong but anyway (laughs) um the first thing that happened um was when I was at school in an English class I think um I remember it quite vivid Uh, vividly what happened but I had a panic attack um, just completely out of the blue and I didn't know at the time that it was a panic attack Um, but it was really really scary because I know people talk about panic attacks a lot in terms of physical symptoms Mm. but for me it affected me a lot more psychologically so I've 
when I was experiencing the panic attack, I just felt like I was um, losing control completely. Um, I had like a really detached um, kind of disassociative um, feeling from my from my body, and everything around me kind of felt like it was disappearing, like it wasn't real. Um, and those feelings of uh, unreality and those type of yeah. things um, really stuck with me after my first panic attack because um, I later realised uh, through research that what I was experiencing um, was called derealization, which is a dissociative disorder. And basically you just feel, everything feels really odd. Like things around you don't feel quite real. You feel detached and okay. it's really scary because like I said, I didn't have any idea like what was going on yeah. I just knew that yeah like suddenly things didn't feel real and I thought oh, yeah just like completely losing my mind mm -hmm. um so that was how it started and that um led me into a cycle with panic attacks really where um I thought if I had that experience again if I had that a panic attack again um I would completely lose control like it kind of would just take me to the edge and that would be it kind of thing. Like I'd just lose all touch with reality and just, um, yeah, that would be it. So it was a very, very scary time and I didn't have any idea what was going on. All of my days were spent kind of um, trying to stop myself from having another panic attack and it led me to become really agoraphobic and... Uh, didn't go out um, really. All I was able to do barely was just kind of get myself to school and back each day just to keep my education going. But mm -hmm. like, I withdrew from most aspects of my life and it was just a really bad time for me, to be honest. Um, just all of these overwhelming thoughts and feelings about what I was experiencing, worrying about trying to get myself to feel normal again. But by worrying about that, it obviously made me feel worse. <laughs> so yeah. it was just in that cycle. And um, through uh, my GCSEs into sixth form, that was my life, really, just like that constant battle in my head. Um, and I really didn't think that I'd get past it. I thought that I'd just kind of be stuck at home forever. Mm. So it was really, really... Um, yeah difficult time and scary time um but i managed to go to university um at the end of my a levels um which i really didn't think i was going to be able to do um i commuted in for the first year and really like helped build up my confidence um with it all because i began to understand panic attacks and understand that like really it's not um a scary thing once you educate yourself on it um because you realize that if you have a panic attack like nothing's really going to happen it's just going to pass and then you're just going to carry on with your day and it, it isn't really scary once you break it down and um you take that take that fear away from it mm. so once i realized that and started to conquer my panic attacks um i started venturing out more i started feeling more normal 
um, the feeling the um, disassociation started going and it just it took um, a while to um, build that confidence and to change my mindset because obviously being scared of panic attacks for so long like it's difficult to kind of switch that off but mm. over time kind of conditioned myself to do that um, and like, I had uh, CBT and things like that as well to help me um, change that mindset but that was the big thing really um, just changing those those thought patterns so that I could go and start doing the things I wanted to do um, and go to uni and, and from there like things really improved although I've had um, some quite big downs for periods since then um, I've been able to do a lot of things that I wanted to do and my mental health has never really held me back in quite the same way that it did during those um, last, latter school years so I feel like I've been talking for a long time <laughs> do you want to ask any questions or anything? Loads <laughs> that's only like at this point I'm only like what 21 so you've got like another four more years to go so i feel like i should pause (laughs) (laughs) um it's really interesting though hearing you specifically talk about the panic attacks because yeah i know from like my experience with like what i kind of call episodes um because i didn't really associate them as panic i don't know scenarios yeah. Um, but having spoken to like um, professionals, they identify it as a type of panic attack. And I think you're, it's really um, interesting and important what you were saying about actually like the more you sort of, I guess, just find out little bits about maybe what triggers you sometimes or um, the, the reality of the situation as well is that... Yeah not a lot is really going to change um and a big thing for me was actually sort of realizing that there's that initial um i guess like emotion or feeling that's happening um and like looking back now it it was that first thing that's fine it's your reaction to it that turns it into um, exactly yeah essentially like a panic attack um and for me now, although, I don't know, like, that's months and years, um, it's more a case of just saying, like you were saying, just, okay, it's going to happen, like, let's just kind of see if you can ride it out or go somewhere safe and yeah. let it happen, rather than, um, and, like, still sometimes it will happen where I'll get invested in yeah that cycle, and that's when it becomes more intense it lasts longer, um, and I guess it's more damaging to you. Um, yeah. But the the more you're able to sort of understand that, I guess the different parts or the different phases that that panic attack is having and what's happening to you, I think does allow you to not necessarily stop it happening, but it allows it to be a lot more controlled and a lot less intrusive on you as well i don't know if that kind of reflects sort of your experience yeah definitely like um what you're saying about uh yeah not trying to stop it happening i think is probably the most important thing because for me um it was always about trying to stop myself from having a panic attack Mm. um at all costs really just like 
if I had a panic attack in a place with friends or other people who didn't, because I hadn't told anyone about my mental health or that I was experiencing this. Yeah. Um, apart from, like, my mum and dad, they were probably the only people who knew at that point. So, um, yeah, I thought, like, if I start freaking out, like, having a panic attack in front of other people, like, <laughs> I'm just going to get labelled and judged and all those kind of stigmas. And that was a lot of what led me to withdraw because I just took myself out of that situation. Um because like it's the easiest thing to do, like mm. in in a way, like in the short term, to take yourself out of the situation, um, and you get that little sense of relief. But yeah, like if you're constantly trying to fight panic attacks or fight anxiety, you just pouring petrol on the fire, really. Um, and ever since I've kind of learnt that and take taking a step back when I'm feeling anxious or mm. Um, like uh, to be honest, I haven't had a panic attack for probably five years or so now, oh, and it's not because I don't get anxious in yeah. the same way that I used to. It's just because I really don't care if I have a panic attack because yeah. I know it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and if I was still trying not to have one, I'm pretty sure I definitely would. Mm. <laughs> it's really weird how it works. It's you just yeah have to deconstruct it and take that fear out of it and really not care if you have one or not and that sounds mental when you're going through it because mm. it's the scariest thing but by getting um that awareness and educating yourself on it yeah it makes a big difference and that's um obviously something that i wish was as everyone says like talked about in schools mm. because if i'd have known what i was going through in school I reckon my journey could have been quite a bit different. It, I could have understood what was going on earlier, those type of things. Like It could have made a big difference to me. Um, and I do feel let down in that sense that I was kind of left on my own, not understanding what this was for so long. I think part of it potentially is also that you might be sort of recognising, even if it's not consciously, like some of the triggers that would have been there before, and you're yeah. able to like, oh, okay, this is starting to happen, I'll do whatever. Because I recognise that like, I can start to feel like a kind of a mood or emotion shift. But if, mm. I'm, if I'm at work, I can go like, right, just, just get up and go and do something. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I can kind of, most of the time, sort of work my way through that without anything visibly happening. Yeah. Um, whereas I think a lot more when I'm maybe like at home or somewhere on my own I'm less able to do something because there isn't that like oh, I can't just like go over there and talk to that person or go and walk around and find a poster to correct or something like, <laughs> your like, job is so interesting <laughs> I know. like look how shit this post oh fuck it's mine <laughs> um, but yeah I completely understand what you mean I, I always find that my anxiety is worse when I'm on my own, I think, mm. really. Because you're just with your own thoughts. And yeah. you think that um, being somewhere where you can just chill out, like, on your own, um, which I, I do really enjoy doing, but, like, you think that it's going to be really relaxing and a lot of the time um, when things are bad with your mental health, it's not because it's just you with your thoughts and yeah. you obviously can't es escape that. So, um, yeah, you can end up thinking a lot. Um, one of the other things, I know you mentioned a little bit with the, um, I guess like in 
in theory in education, but I guess in my mind generally, um, yeah. I feel like we've got to a stage where people are more aware, more willing to talk about mental health as a, a general topic. Yeah. Um, but mainly are still not willing to talk about like specific um, experiences, whether that's their own or someone they know or even sometimes willing to hear somebody else's experience if it's a personal one it's like we can talk about this in general but i don't really want to talk about like my experience or your experience and um i wonder if that's part of that like when you say for us to have had more information about things like panic attacks yeah actually hearing people talk and understanding that everyone's going to react to things in a different way and what works for me might not work for you and well yeah that's, that's maybe important. where some of that i guess support or understanding can come from like you say to learn that actually oh it might be good for you to like get up and do that or that's what works for me but if people just generally say well okay so you could be having panic attacks generally try not to invest too much in it nothing's really going to happen and then move on to something else like, yeah. Well, have you? Like, I don't know. I mean, we've started, I guess, the conversation, but I don't know. I don't know if there's that. At some stage, there's that kind of breaking the bridge or the barrier, or I don't know. Um, I know what you mean, and there are still. I'm glad you do. <laughs> it's hard to hard to word that. <laughs> no, I know, but there are still certain topics that just yeah aren't um, spoken about, and I mean, even with my own experiences. Um, in my own blog like I've touched on um, my uh, disassociative side of my anxiety before um, a little bit but I've never kind of written a whole post about it or gone into that side of things too much Um, and I think initially I just like when you're telling people that your mental health makes you feel like things around you aren't real and all of those kind of things. Like I, it's, I've always had a hang up on that. Um, like when I was going through it, that people would just think that is crazy and like judge me for it. And I think even now, like I find like those kind of topics, I do still kind of expect more judgment from certain people mm-hmm. than because I just don't think you can necessarily understand all of it unless you've been through it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like the way that my anxiety has kind of changed from, um, those initial experiences up to university, uh, has a lot of it's been based on those feelings of, um, like things not feeling real and that type of thing. Because, um, like when I get a lot of the time when I get anxious, um, like I really focus on specific kind of things and obsess over specific things and um, like really irrationally. And a lot of that has been around um, like weird things, like how you see things like perception, like all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know how people see colors differently and it's like, yeah. I don't know, it's weird things like how, how do you know, um, like exactly what real is and all those kind of things and these weird like existential um, questions mm. um, but I just yeah like it, when my mental health gets bad like they tend to be the kind of things that I obsess over and it's like 
I just need answers to these things that I'm never going to get answers to. Mm. And I just go over and over and over, like, over them all the time. And um, it really overwhelms my life. And that, like, going through that has happened um, quite a few, few times um, at uni and, and since uni. Um, so I, ha- I have noticed a weird pattern where every other Christmas I was going through that kind of train of thought mm. um it happened in 2011 2013 2015 but it didn't happen this christmas i, I was dreading this christmas because i thought it's <laughs> oh, definitely gonna happen yeah. there's like some kind of weird like pattern to this um but yeah just over the winter in those years just for between probably like four to six months i was just in this kind of state where i was just obsessing over things and could barely function really um and yeah it's like the way that my anxiety makes me obsess over things but at the same time i'm not really that anxious a person about like anything normal like in day-to-day life like i don't get anxious about um traveling or like making plans or those kind of things that people talk about um it's just yeah really kind of strange how it manifests mm. um while I was talking to a counselor about it who I saw through work in my last job um she reckoned that kind of what my brain's doing is protecting itself from things that I'm actually worried about and kind of putting my fears and anxieties into this kind of um subject which like I can never kind of fully grasp or solve or whatever um, and that's just kind of how my anxiety plays out. Mm. And it's been a big kind of learning curve to uh, understand that as well and understand that side of my anxiety um, and my obsessiveness and that type of thing about um, weird topics and to kind of let go of uncertainty and all of those kind of things. And that's something that has been really big for me over the last couple of years since um the start of 2016 really um when i last went for a really bad patch um but since then like i feel like i've come on leaps and bounds in managing my mental health over the last couple of years and obviously you've seen like from knowing me in the last Mm. year like where it's taken me where i'm actually working in the field now and um yeah it's been quite a, a long long journey really and it's been yeah sort of 10 years in the making even though um i've only interacted with a lot of people about it in the last year there's kind of so much that's gone behind it Mm. that's led me to where i am today so definitely cool i know you've written i think in your post about like the one that looks back at last year as well so 2017 it's like it's actually quite cool to like the bullet pointed bit where it's going through what happens in each month and um like actually that was really cool like the reflectiveness even within the year of actually like I really wanted this I think it would have been really good but because this didn't happen it meant the thing in like a couple of months time happened and that was really good Um, oh yeah definitely I mean it's it's interesting even within that year um that you can sort of be reflective in that way, let alone, like you say, over a period of a decade. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, in this in this last year, I feel like I've grown a lot. I've got a hell of a lot more self-belief and 
um, really feel like I found my passion and my purpose and, um, yeah, really driving forward with things I want to be doing now. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been great. But, yeah, you're right. Um, it, it's weird to reflect on how far you've come. And at, at the start of this, um, of 2017, like I said, that was when I started talking about mental health to everybody. Um, and that was really a big watershed moment in my journey, to be honest, because uh, the feedback I got when um, how it came about was I started uh, doing um, fundraising for Mind. Um, so I did a run in the April, no, sorry, in the May of 2017. Okay. Okay. Um, so at the start of the year, I yeah was fundraising and I just put my personal experiences onto paper well, not literally onto paper, onto um, the like on, I know what you mean. My fundraising uh, yeah. page. Um, and yeah, I do live in this century, but yeah, <laughs> um, I put that out there and I just sent it to all of my colleagues, all of my friends, all these people who known me for years and never had any real inkling that I'd been through what I'd been through with my mental health, and the the response I received was amazing and. From there, it evolved into the blog because um, I thought, well, if I'm sharing it with everybody I know, then maybe it could help people I don't know as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. quite interesting because I see a lot of people, um, I think most people probably go about it the other way around where Definitely. they have this private yeah. blog and then they eventually release it to the people they do know. Mm. Um, but for me, it was the other way around. And yeah, reflecting on how far I'd come a big moment for, for that was when I was doing my 10k run in London uh, last year and I was just on the start line with thousands of people getting ready to go and I just thought to myself yeah like 10 years ago from that point I would have just been sitting at home terrified about panic attacks not able to go anywhere um, really like I couldn't travel way further than a few miles of my home like without well even that like it was difficult but like there I was from that to being in London in a crowd of people like ready to do a race and the biggest thing was that I didn't even feel anxious in the slightest and over all those years um it's kind of evolved so that yeah just got more confident and felt less and less anxious doing things all the time and now it's just those things that used to rule my life the panic attacks and everything just don't have any control over me at all and it was just such a big moment to look back um and then obviously from then like you said about uh in in my previous job I'd had uh some disappointments with um promotions I'd gone for and other jobs I'd gone for and things like that and at the time it was a big knock to me because I was um getting a lot of confidence and things and um to not get those um positions that i felt like um i i feel like i, sh- I should have got at the time to be honest mm-hmm. um was a big thing for me but yeah it's funny how things work out and a few months later the job that <laughs> i couldn't have imagined um came up at cpsl mind and i looked at it and i thought like it's just like kind of um a dream to get this job but i'll apply for it anyway and yeah i mean got it and yeah it's been amazing and i couldn't have imagined 
yeah, a year, even a year ago or even six months ago that um, I'd be in the position I am today where I can do something that I love and um, enjoy and help other people to share their story and um, all of the things that I'm doing. I, yeah, I just feel really fortunate with that. It's so cool. And it's so cool to hear about like that that journey as well. And like you said, I'd, oh, I, even just hearing it is scary to me, like to think about the first people you share your story with to be the people you know. And like, <laughs> I don't know, I, maybe that is more of a, na- I, don't, I don't know. I just, I would have found that shit scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, like I said, I, it was a bit different in a sense because I felt like, um, when I started talking about my mental health, I guess I felt like I was um, more on the other side of it. Like I'd gone through a lot of recovery and um, I could look at it from a perspective of saying more, this is what happened to me rather than this is what is happening to me. Even though I still live with anxiety and it does affect me um, from time to time, it's not anywhere near as bad as it was so I think having that sort of bit of detachment from it sort of telling people like this is what happened but this isn't how things are now and being able to kind of give that message of hope as well um I think that's it probably helps I think it would be more difficult to talk to people I knew about it if I was still really struggling with it that makes sense yeah I think so and um, I guess maybe I don't know I, I just yeah it's a different story and it's a really interesting one to hear um, yeah I don't know how you how have you felt kind of going through that experience as well like talking about mental health is obviously a big thing but especially as a male it's generally something that we are less likely I guess to talk about is that yeah like played any role in your journey or do you feel like it's just a journey you've been on and it wouldn't have mattered or it hasn't made a difference? Um, it's hard to, to say, really, in, like, in terms of my gender, how much of a difference it's made. Um, like Whether I would have spoken more about it earlier if I was a girl or a woman, I don't know. But I don't feel like it's made a big difference to me. Like I don't think I've ever really kind of embodied that sort of lad culture or anything like that um and i tend i think i tend to um make friends with girls more naturally anyway sometimes so i think that yeah i'm probably more of that mindset where Mm. i feel comfortable talking about my feelings and things and my emotions and what i'm going through more than a lot of men probably would yeah um i don't yeah i don't really care so much about the stereotypes of what I'm supposed to be or what sort of society expects me to be um I don't really know why that is I think it's just because it's because you're a well-rounded individual (laughs) well I don't know it's just not me and like I I really don't think I could get away with pretending to be a manly lad (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) so I just embrace what I am (laughs) no I think every story's different and that's why it's interesting to hear them and I think for me as well like there's different bits in there like when you were talking about um some of the panic attacks and like the dissociative 
um, experiences as well. Yeah. Really feeds into like my idea of, I say my idea because I, I, unless subconsciously I've stolen it from somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> which I pro- is probably what's happened, um, of this idea that just like, everyone like we we know everyone has mental health but with regards to like the illness side i feel like everyone has or is affected by those but just some people will sit like really low down on the scale or the spectrum yeah um and so we'll have like passing moments and i think um like suicide is a big thing and i know we're going to talk about it in a second as well is yeah like i think everyone will have like that passing moment where you're like oh what if or i could and i'm like that's the difference between um like being on the lower end of the scale and then someone that's on the higher end might have those thoughts more often or make plans or whatever and i think you can also reflect that in things like i know when we've been to meetups and spoken to people that are affected by like ocd and hearing some of their experiences and you're like it just doesn't sound weird. It sounds normal. I'm like, yeah. all of that stuff is stuff I think, but because I I don't perceive myself as having that illness is because I'll think that and I can move past it. So it's affecting me, like, say it's affecting me 10%, but it's affecting them like 70 or 80%. Yeah. Um, and I think I just, it's a nicer way. I don't know if it's the correct way, but I feel like it's a nicer way to think of it because it's actually, it's not like oh, you've got that th- weird thing and I don't have that. It's like, well, yeah, we've, we've all got this, but yeah. some of us will be affected more and some of us will be affected less. And I think yeah, exactly. that starts to break down that idea of, like, the stigma or the stereotyping or the um, the shame of having or being affected by stuff is that well, we've all got it, but some of us are affected in different ways in the same way that, I don't know, like, we can all, most of us can move some of us can move quicker than others. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just accept that. <laughs> like, yeah, you're how right. is that any um, different? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, everybody has mental health. It's just when it um, impacts your life and um, you have a disorder with it or condition that, yeah, really um, becomes a problem, so to speak, and something that you need support for. Um, but, yeah, like, it's interesting you mentioned the talk mental health meetups and those kind of things because they like i've loved going to those kind of things um over the last year i obviously met you there um last april and Mm. so many amazing people um and yeah just talking to everybody online like in the last year it's been so amazing to be part of Mm. a whole like community of people that i never knew existed um (laughs) that are happy to talk about mental health and who share a passion with me and um yeah who yeah who inspire me and when i um, am working in my job and i meet the volunteers that i work with or when i go to one of these meetups or when i go to um like i went to time to change story camp last Mm -hmm. year those type of things it just it really energizes me to be around other like-minded people um and yeah, it's just it's been great getting to know everyone, like obviously including yourself in the last year. So. It's so like you say that it's so it can be so interesting to hear about the different stories. It's so um, like inspiring to hear about the different journeys that people have taken as well. 
yeah. and like you say the I guess usually like the bigger meetups and stuff like the um, Talk MH uh, meetup uh, like there's people there that you've spoken to loads and then there's people there that you've spoken to a little bit and then people that you've not spoken to at all and it's yeah. just really nice to actually come across um, other people and um, I know you kind of had that at like story camp as well where you were meeting other people and finding out about their stories and yeah. it's really cool to have that opportunity in what is I, I, my perception is that for most of us that are um, like blogging or podcasting or vlogging or whatever, it is generally like quite a, a singular, isolated thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so to have those opportunities are really cool and really interesting as well. And it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to just meet those people that, like you say, actually our connection is pretty much purely based on an online community or meeting place mm. um and to kind of expand that out to be like these are actual people <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like um yeah just forming connections with people is great like in my job as well um like i said with the volunteers the stop suicide campaign makers um that i, I work with like get, working with them and having them in really gives me that kind of push to do some of the less exciting things that I do like the reports and those type of things in my job because it really it just gives you that little well that big kind of energy boost mm. of like inspiration and yeah forming all the connections with everybody online like I would start naming people but there's so many people <laughs> you run the risk of forgetting I'd, that one I'd person I'd leave someone out yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to avoid that but yeah just you know who you are <laughs> nice <laughs> um, and I know you've got a few things going on at the moment and I know you've done stuff with uh, we've done stuff through time to change and you've been along to story camp and stuff like that and yeah. um, you've got stuff in your role going on with the stop suicide campaign I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about the different things that you're doing in the next weeks, months? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, the organisation I work for is a local branch of the national charity Mind. Um, so the local branch is like an affiliated, um, federated organisation to it. So they're linked, but they're not the same organisation, which confused me and confuses a lot of people. Um, but I work for Cambridgeshire, Peterborough and South Lincolnshire Mind, um, which is a bit of a mouthful. So we just say CPSL Mind. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, in the Cambridgeshire region, um, and my job is to lead on campaigns and communication. So I have a few different campaigns that I manage as well as being responsible for things like social media, um, also going out like with the press and um, that type of media and internal communications and um, do a bit on the website. And it's really kind of varied, the stuff I get involved with. Really um, cool. Yeah, and so the two campaigns that I manage, um, both are um, born out of the strategy in Cambridgeshire to um, try and prevent suicides. Um, so the zero suicide strategy as it's now um, come into force. So, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about earlier of some topics within mental health that are still stigmatised, suicide is definitely 
um, right up there with something that people don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, like I say, people might feel comfortable talking about anxiety or depression or um, other illnesses that are deemed as more common or mm. more acceptable to go through. Um, a lot of people still have a really misguided view of um, why people have suicidal thoughts or why um, people complete suicide and um, people brand them as selfish or um, all sorts of things. And it's just, yeah, really stigmatizing and um, just <laughs> blatantly untrue. Like mm -hmm. people are ill and um, people are going through something that, um, like you said, like most of us go through it at some point in our lives. Um, the statistic is that one in five of us um, experience suicidal thoughts in our lifetime, but you'd imagine that it's probably higher than that, to be mm, honest. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because when I um, started, because I volunteered with the campaign before I got the job um, working on it, but when I started um, campaigning uh, on the project as a volunteer, I suicide was something that I didn't identify with at mm. all, really. Um, it wasn't something that I'd ever felt like I'd really experienced, um, like, to a, to a large extent. Like, I've never had a suicide attempt or anything like that. But talking um, to the people in charge of the campaign and stuff and um, understanding that spectrum, like, you talk about, um, like, supporting people with um, suicide isn't about when someone's well I mean it is about this as well but it's not just about this it's not just about supporting someone when they're in that crisis mm. um that they're about to try and take their own life um there's a whole um kind of lead up to that where somebody is just having um some thoughts where they just feel like I, I don't want to be here and it doesn't have to be any more than that they still need support um and like reflecting on it I've definitely had thoughts like that in the past that mm. I can't deal with what I'm going through with my mental health and I just don't want to be here it never for me progressed much further than that but um like I've definitely had suicidal thoughts before and I never la sort of labeled them as that or realized that before and yeah. I think um a lot of people would probably be in the same boat with that um that they wouldn't kind of recognize that recognize that in themselves even if they had experienced it but yeah it's just now um, think about that in yeah. relation to my scale idea yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's like this was planned it's all coming yeah, I know. <laughs> i'm trying to get everyone on this scale thing and i'll be like yeah it's mike's scale and then i'll realize like it's based on some american thing from a hundred years ago <laughs> but, but yeah that's i mean that's where it comes in because like you say you have had those experiences but you wouldn't label them as that because you wouldn't deem them i don't know serious enough or you're not invested enough yeah. in them um but that idea that oh i've not been affected by that at all um of actually sitting and thinking like oh yeah well yeah i have not as much as other people have but i have and i guess that's where the like we can sit down and talk about it and we're happy to and we can talk about our experiences and the thoughts that we might have but it's yeah. providing i guess the education the opportunity 
to other people to have that and I know from so much of like my own experience with like counselling and therapy and stuff and almost echoing your words exactly of yes we will deal with and support someone in that situation but like 90% of the stuff we're going to do is going to be about not getting into that situation in the first place. Exactly. It's all about um, suicide prevention. And mm. like I said, yeah, like echoing what you're saying, it's not about preventing someone when they're at crisis point um, necessarily. Like if somebody's at crisis point, um, there's amazing support available um, that my colleagues do um, at CPSL Minds. Um, we have a part of the... Um, organization called the sanctuary which is where if you're in mental health crisis in cambridgeshire um if you call 111 option two and go through the emergency um nhs line um if you're in mental health crisis and um they feel it would be beneficial to you they um can take you to this place um within our offices called the sanctuary which is a, a safe place like it looks like a living room and you can just be in there and talk to mental health professionals and mm. it's an alternative to A&E basically because A&E is not like a good place to be if you're in a mental health crisis. So it's all those kind of in- initiatives that yeah. um, we're trying to do at, uh, at CPSL Mind and the Stop Suicide campaign uh, that I lead on is yeah, just getting that message out there that suicide is everybody's business. It affects everyone. Everybody in society um, has a responsibility to talk directly about suicide and let other people know that they're supported and, most importantly, make other people feel comfortable in t- saying to someone, I feel suicidal, I need support. Mm-hmm. Because at the minute, if there's that stigma in society where someone's not comfortable with having that conversation... It just builds and builds and builds, and you don't know at what point that's going to end, if that is going to end in somebody um, in mental health crisis or even completing suicide. And it's just trying to have those conversations to prevent um, as many suicides as as we can um, through the campaign. So my job within that is awareness raising and um, doing events, social media um getting volunteers involved as campaign makers to spread the word about um stop suicide uh, to tell their own stories um so i put a part on our website where people can share their own experiences of mental health and suicide um so that it's kind of a beacon of hope for other people when they go on there to see um what other people have been through and yeah it's just like i said what i um, and passionate about and um yeah just getting people um to feel comfortable to share their stories and to get the support they need and but like below that um as well is the stress less campaign that i run and that's for school children um and young people who um it's basically to try and give them that basic understanding of stress and mental health and all of those kind of topics so that um, they can approach someone earlier if they're feeling um, like things are getting too much for them, uh, if they're feeling anxious or stressed or whatever. Um, And it's just that really early suicide prevention that most people wouldn't probably think of as suicide prevention because it's Mm. like 
well, they're not suicidal. But that's the point. We're preventing suicide by giving people support early when they need it. And yeah. that's the whole idea behind um, all of the campaigns that I run, really. And it's been, yeah, interesting to me to sort of go on that little sort of mini journey within it where I didn't really identify with um, the word suicide, to be honest. It wasn't a word that I'd really talked about with anyone before or, like I said, felt like, I'd been through that but then you realize yeah I have been through that and so have a lot of other people and mm. um suicide prevention isn't about suicide kind of specifically which sounds stupid because obviously suicide prevention is about suicide but it's about um yeah preventing people from getting to a point where they're feeling suicidal if we can mm. and then if they are at that point then supporting them to get the help that they need yeah i think yeah. that's very true <laughs> um if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about the stressless or stop suicide campaign or any of the stuff you're doing where's the best place for them to look so the best place for them to look is um stop um, on our website um, and that's the best place to go and then there's links on there to getting involved with it or just finding out about it and yeah any questions like my details are like my professional details are on the website um, and obviously a lot of people probably have my own personal Twitter details and things like that as well and they can contact me about it too um, just in an informal sense to find out a bit more um so yeah i'm happy to obviously have those conversations with anyone and i really really want to get as many people involved with the campaign as possible um because like i said before there's so many people that i admire who i've come across since i started blogging and who i'm like doing bits and pieces with um in that kind of voluntary personal sense and i really want to get people into um the stop suicide campaign and get people um getting involved with that with me as a collaborative effort um so yeah get us all working together on something really good that we can drive ourselves because like you said it's amazing um having people who like for me like i literally just started off writing about mental health like i wasn't I don't have like loads of experience in um, this kind of area of like campaigns and things. Yeah. Um, it's just from my own, um, like me deciding in my last job, this isn't fulfilling me. I need to do something. Um, what am I passionate about? Realizing like what I wanted to do with mental health and then going and driving that myself. And then that's led me to where I am now. And there's so many people who are amazing and doing great campaigning in a, voluntary sense that mm. I really think will end up doing um, professional work as well in the future like if that's the avenue they want to go down I think you're right I think it's surprising how much extra you can do when you're passionate about something and it's yeah not necessarily that you're doing any more in terms of like worked hours or worked effort but just by being passionate about it, somehow I think it comes out more. Um, yeah, definitely. It's not about finishing at seven o'clock instead of six o'clock. It's just I, I, yeah, I can't explain it. But whatever it is, 
your target. <laughs> Good. Um, I mean, if, yeah, I, I do get worried sometimes, like from the viewpoint that I talk about things, that because I've been like fortunate to get this job and um, I talk about mental health from more of a recovery point of view, that I come across as a bit patronising sometimes, and I really don't want it to be like that. Like that no, does worry I, me. But I don't think so. I think. Um, like having spoken to people um, that have both kind of been affected and are affected to different levels and scales, and I think the the, the big thing is just being willing to talk about it, being willing yeah. to listen, and being honest about it. And um, I I don't think it really personally. I don't think it matters whether you're in the middle of that story or you're towards the end of it or you feel like you're out of it i just i think it's being honest with where you feel you sit in that situation and um yeah especially for the type of things we do as people that write blogs or talk about our experience it's about other people feeling able to take maybe a bit of information away feeling more able to talk about their own experience or go and look at that website or that profile to get a bit of information about different support material advice whatever exactly yeah um i yeah i don't feel like it, it do you know what i mean matters. though like it's been something i thought about a bit recently like um because i've been through what i've been through and yeah. people only see kind of where i am now like i do get scared sometimes that because i'm like dishing out advice or whatever because I feel like well, I I've been a, through this and I can a, try and yeah. support you like that I might come across as arrogant or patronising or no, I think because I'm just trying to give people hope and to support yeah. people like yeah but it's a weird like balance I, get, I think I get what you say but I think it is you can you can pull the negative or the positive out of anything yeah. because you could say well, I'm not right in the middle of it now so does it look like I really struggle with this yeah. But then the flip side is if you were in the middle of something and you were really, really struggling, one, you probably wouldn't be able to do as much of Definitely a professional not. role. Yeah. But also, so. would some people look at you and go, well, actually, you're right in the middle of something. Like, do I really want to take advice from someone that, like, might be really, really struggling in that way? Maybe, um, yeah. And then there's a flip of, you could be in the middle of it and say, well, actually, this is a person that I can see really genuinely is struggling. Yeah, exactly. And is totally in it, and I want to take advice from them. Um, <laughs> I think it's good, like you say, to have all of those different types of um, people around, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you've only, yeah, I always think if you've only got people who are right in the middle of something, then, yeah, I guess it's, it's good for people that, to see that whole yeah. kind of journey at various points. And that's because I, like... I don't feel um, like, like I never feel like I'm sort of air quotes better. <laughs> um, like I'm doing a lot better in managing my own mental health, but I always am very aware that like things can change. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's and, that constantness, isn't it? Yeah. Like you say, it's not a case of, I think for most people, it's not a case of getting, like you say, in brackets, better. It's yeah. a case of being more informed and being better equipped to deal with That's exactly whatever it is yeah. you're going through. Um, I'm just trying to tool everyone else up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like you said, it is really important to have a range of people that you look at. And it's okay to associate or like one person more than the rest. 
Um, but I think having that almost like a panel, um, you have a few people and you can see different people react differently to different things. It's not like yeah. they're just listening to you and you say, reading this book changed my life. Everything you need to know is in this book. <laughs> and then someone else says, well, I read that book and it was a load of crap. <laughs> it didn't help me at I all. Used, I used to remember, like, when I was in the middle of it all, like, seeing things like that online where people were like... <laughs> Yeah, if you read my website, yeah. it's going to change your life and everything. And I was like, no, nothing's going to make me feel better than what I'm going through now. Yeah. But it really, do, but if it... I'd have looked at it, maybe it would have had a difference. I don't know. But, yeah, but it's like, yeah. um, oh, I went somewhere the other day and it was like, best coffee in town or something. And I'm like, well, yeah, it might be. But <laughs> likelihood is it probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think it's just taking that a little bit with a, um, like, yeah, say for that example, yeah, it's a book, someone's written it, there is knowledge in there, but it might not be relevant to you. What works yeah. for that person might not work for you. And that's why I think it's really important that more people talk about mental health and if they're able to and it's safe to talk about their own experience and I think like you said looking at something so serious and so potentially final as suicide Mm. um, and saying actually yes what happens here is really important but a lot of the stuff that we're doing is right at the beginning which actually is affecting everyone if you are affected by a mental health illness or not actually you would benefit from this yeah we might not, even yeah yeah like you say if you if you're not affected by mental health um conditions or when you like i've got a lot more of an understanding of suicide since i've been in this position and since i've been volunteering with the campaign and you look at the impacts of a, a suicide and how many people that affects um across a whole community and um someone who loses someone to suicide is then more likely to um try and complete suicide themselves um it has such a knock-on effects across the whole communities and really need to yeah make that societal change to have more open discussions about it so that um yeah people feel better equipped to talk and to support each other and yeah hopefully prevent the suicide from happening cool i like that as a kind of a final point to the podcast i think that's, that's good nice, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> um if people want to um hear or find out a little bit more about you um where can they go so on twitter i am at rob talks mh i'm pretty sure that's my <laughs> my well, sounds familiar yeah i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and my blog is called rob talks mental health dot com um so they're the main places to find me i've got an instagram as well but i can't remember what that is it might just be rob talks mental health but um you can find it through the website i'm sure exactly twitter is probably the best place to start or my blog yeah cool either one like all the other links are on each of those so yeah go nuts and look at everything (laughs) definitely click on all the links (laughs) definitely click on all the links and boost um boost my views and everything else yeah (laughs) that's all really important because i've neglected it for a while since i've started this job (laughs) oh dear well thanks very much for coming on and for sharing your experience like it's been really cool to 
even as someone like I've spoken to for however long it's been, it's, I guess almost a year. Um, yeah. Actually, to hear a bit more about your story has been really interesting as well. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. I really enjoyed cool. it. No worries. And I will talk to you very soon. <laughs> yeah, very soon. <laughs> very soon. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.